0: Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. We've been talking about Paul. And Paul wrote Colossians while in prison. And Paul had a before-I-knew-Christ story in an after-I-knew-Christ story. And you and I have that same story. Before we knew Christ, this is who we were, and when we came to Christ, Christ changes us. And what happens sometimes is as we live life, we forget about that before and after. And we kind of just get caught into the routine of life and the... uh, The making of money and the making of a life and we we might lose some of that you know uh, john in revelation talked about losing our first love and so when i feel like that in my life i read philippians i read colossians i read paul writing in prison about his love for christ and it's the things that paul said that motivates me and i want to try to you know, in an imperfect way. I just want to try to share that passion with you guys today to live for Christ, to live for Christ wholeheartedly. Every believer here today, you and I, began as an enemy of God. And we think, well, we were not that bad or, you know, I just didn't know. But the Bible says that Christ died for us even while we were yet enemies. And every one of us, before we knew Christ, we were enemies of God. And Bible says, Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, he says, at one time, you were separated from God. You were his enemies in your minds. That means the things we thought about, our, our, our very thoughts, were hostile towards the things of God. And you experienced that in the world. When you talk about righteousness and holiness and God and Christ, you you feel a pushback. You know, if you were to go down to the mall at D.C. and just stand up and say, I love the righteousness of God. I love holiness. I love purity. I love it when people are obedient to the Ten Commandments. They would think you were crazy. They would feel offended. People would feel appalled for us to be so vocal about loving God. Because the evil you did was against Him. And see, God's not, you know, because God is holy and God is pure and God is righteous and God is just. Our sins are an offense to God. Three things about us before we knew Christ that show that we were his enemies. First, before we knew Christ, we were separated from God. There was a spiritual separation. You know, the Bible calls this spiritual death. We were separated from God. Before Christ, our minds were hostile towards God. We opposed the things of God. I can remember before I gave my life to Christ that if my parents would play Christian music, it... Annoyed me. It just got on my nerves. Hearing lyrics. That were righteous and holy. And pure and directed towards God. Before we knew Christ. We disobeyed God's word. We knew what we should do. Possibly. Maybe you didn't. But we just lived lives in disobedience. And the Bible says. That while we were God's enemy. Christ died on the cross. You know, God showed his love for us before we ever reciprocated. And it says in uh, Colossians, it says, Now he has made you his friends again. He did this by the death Christ suffered while he was in his body. Every believer here today, you and I, were loved by God before we came to Christ. Before you and I came to Christ, God had a plan God loved us, and God desired. Because God is not random and out of tune and out of sync. God has a specific plan. And his plan is to provide you and I with all of the light that we need to respond to him. To provide us the greatest possible opportunity to respond to his son, surrender our life to Jesus, and walk a life, Holiness and purpose in him. And the fact that you're here means that God wants to use you in this local body to reach people in this community with the gospel and to help those people grow spiritually and eventually to serve Christ. That's his plan. And when you and I embrace our Christianity and and Surrender our lives to Christ and we grow deeper in our faith. It has an effect. It influ- you influence other people. You don't know who you're going to influence. And that's a God thing. That you just serve Jesus. You love God. You love other people. And as a result, people are influenced. Every believer here today was loved by God even while we were yet in our sin. And had a plan and a purpose of God. How did God's love in the cross change my life? How did, how did God's love in the cross change our lives? Paul says, He did it so that he could present you to himself as a people who are holy, blameless, and without anything that would make you guilty before him. So God loved us and sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, So that he could present us to the Father holy, blameless. He became sin who knew no sin so that you and I could become the righteousness of God and without anything that would make us guilty. God purified us. God made us right with him in his sight so that we could live out what we were. You know, if you wanted someone to come up here and play in the band. If they'd never touched an instrument, they couldn't do it. They'd come up here, they could be around all this music, they couldn't do it. If they wanted to do it and they were willing to learn, it would take a really long time. But if you gave them all of the ability to do it, And place them up here and they knew how to do it, you know, they would still have to learn and grow in that musical talent. When you see someone and they have the ability, you know they have that ability, there still is a process of learning everything. How many of you know you see someone, they're tall? You think you'd be good at basketball. They might have the height. They might have the strength. They might have all the ability, but there is a process. So, what I'm saying is when God saved you and I, when God made us righteous in Christ, there still is a process where you and I have to work out those things that He's created in us. God has made you, He's declared you and I holy in his sight holy and righteous he's done all the work for us he died on the cross for our sins now we have to work out that salvation and claim those promises and walk in that identity that he's given us you're not the person you were not in god's eyes your position in christ you're forgiven you're clean the guilt's gone He sees you as becoming everything he wants for you. But by faith, just like the uh, Israelites had to walk out of Egypt, they had to cross through the river and go into Canaan. They had to fight physically against those enemies. They had to lay claim of the land that they were promised and that they were given spiritually. It was a promise from God. This is your land. Go take it. You and I have to take what we have been given spiritually. What have you and I been given spiritually? Holiness, forgiveness, sanctification, righteousness in Christ. God has a plan for you and I to be men and women of God. He doesn't want anything less than that. What can we accomplish? With all of God's promises, with all of God's power through the Holy Spirit living inside of us, because when we receive this forgiveness and this holiness in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. That's what made it made it possible. And the Bible says that's a deposit. You know, that's like earnest money. You know, that's been poured in us. The love of God has been poured in us through the Holy Spirit. What do we have to do? Just say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. You know, I like it. You know, when somebody says, Hey, you know, I want to be part of the church, and just let me know how I can help. Say that to God. Pray that prayer to God. I'll do whatever you want. You know, I'll go. You know, I'm willing to go. You know, I believe that if you want me to go, there's a reason, you know. And I don't want to be like Jonah on the, you know, going to Tarsus when I was called to Nineveh. I want to find the Nineveh that you want me to go to and go there. I don't know what it is for each person. And I would never assume to know We need to live for Christ. And if we love Christ and love other people, we're going to follow and obey Him. God saved you and I from sin to make us holy so that we could be holy and righteous. We can't do it in our own strength. God saved us from sin to make us blameless. We're not guilty. We're forgiven. We don't have to walk around in shame. Shame and, and fear... And loneliness and guilt are of the devil. They're not of God. Those things are not of God. If God allows them, it's to prompt you to Christ. If that is in your life, you have two choices. You either come to Christ and respond to him if you don't know him, or say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Jesus took my sin, and I am blameless. You know, if you have a relationship with Christ, kick out the guilt and the shame. That's not your that's not your identity. That's not who you are in Christ. If you know Christ and you're not living like it, ask God to forgive you and get on the right track. Don't stay, don't waller in that sin and that shame. Don't live there. You know, you don't live there anymore. Evict the devil in Jesus name. There's no need to Wake up and feel defeated and discouraged in your Christian life. God saved you and I from sin so that we would be without guilt before him. He takes away the shame. He takes away the guilt. He takes away the fear. He takes away all those things so that we can be free. He releases us from the prison so that we can walk out of it and serve him in confidence, in joy, in peace, in love, and humility. Without fear, without regret, how should I respond to what God has done through the cross? How should we respond to this? You know, we see this is who we were. We were enemies of God. We didn't deserve salvation, and God loved us so much that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, and He poured out His love on us so that we would be holy and righteous in His sight. What's the deal? What's the catch? <laughs> What are are we supposed to do? How do we respond? Well, we can't earn our salvation, but we can love God as a reaction to our salvation. Every believer is called to continue to follow and obey Christ, demonstrating to the whole world a genuine faith. When we come to Christ and we give our life to Him, God causes us to repent from our sin, place our faith and trust in Christ alone, resulting in a transformed life that draws people to Christ. Paul was not perfect. You and I are not perfect. But what an impact Paul had. What an impact you can have. You and I can have an impact. Just the way you are with your personality, just the very person you are is the specific person that God wanted in your situation at this time to make a difference making it so clear to me that whether you've got the big personality whether you've got the talent whether you're a humble quiet person it doesn't matter I've seen every type of person make a huge impact for the kingdom of God and if you're here today you know in God's sovereignty in God's plans God's place you here to hear this message that your life can have a tremendous impact and legacy on the world that you will be in for however long until Jesus returns. That it's no limit, there's no containment. And I would believe that it will exceed so much of what you've seen. And that it is what will happen. This is Paul writing that is what will happen if you continue to believe in the good news you heard. You must remain strong and sure in your faith. You believe, don't quit. You believe, don't give up. You believe, don't turn back. You must not let anything cause you to give up the hope that became yours when you heard the good news. When you heard the good news, when you walked into this building or when you were sitting at home and you found hope, You are like, I I don't know where this is going, I'm discouraged. And you found hope in Christ. And you said, Jesus, I want you. I will give you a chance, maybe you said that, or I'll surrender my life to you. But you found a better life, a hope. Paul says, don't let anything, not the world, not anybody, not church people, not religion, don't let anything cause you to lose that hope. And what is that hope? That hope is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you found Christ, you found every single thing that you needed. Your relationship with Christ is everything. You could take everything else away. You could put Paul in the prison. You can take all of these things away and there yet there is still more hope just in Christ alone. Christ be magnified. Your relationship with Christ is what you need to accomplish all these things that we're talking about. You and Jesus. What does genuine faith look like? What does it look like? First, genuine faith results in trust in Christ. You trust Christ. You're not going to find hope in politics. You could place all your hope in politics. You can watch Fox News till 4 o'clock in the morning. You can watch it all. You can memorize everything. You can hope. You can believe in that all you want. These are men, men and women. They're going to let you down. They're going to do things and you're going to think, "Why?" you're not going to find hope in sports. I know that. When I was young, I can remember watching my team. I was watching the team and just, come on, do this, do this. You know, and and being a fan of whatever team it is. You know, Tony Romo threw so many interceptions, I thought they were going to rename interceptions to Romo's. And he threw them at the worst possible time because I was hoping for a Super Bowl. And my hope was dashed because my hope was in something that I couldn't control. I couldn't control what they were going to do, I could yell at the TV. I could get mad. I couldn't change the outcome. You can't change it in politics. You can't change it in a job or money or a relationship. Some people are seeking, well, if I could just find a relationship or this, whatever it is, if it's not Christ, your hope can be dashed. But if your hope is in Christ, there is no possible situation that you can conceive of when you would not have hope. If you're in the hospital bed, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Christ can heal you. Christ can give you peace. Christ can give you joy. Christ can teach you something spiritual. I've been in the hospital and God taught me spiritual lessons. I've walked out of the hospital with more humility, more perspective, more focus. He didn't give up on me. He was there. I started praying. The Holy Spirit would comfort me. You know, you can find hope on a job. You could be in a difficult job Christ can give you. You could be in a prison camp. You could be Cory ten Boone. Christ was there. You know? While Hitler was being all the hope that people placed. You know, people actually placed their hope in the Nazi party. They thought they were doing what was right. They thought that they would, you know, just rise to this Superman and and destroy the weaker elements of society, and create this new society. They had all of their hope in that. The hope was was dashed. It was based on falsehood. It was based on evil. You can't find hope in anything other than the one who is the hope giver, Christ. So genuine faith focuses your trust in Christ. And that produces peace and joy and love. The next thing is genuine faith results in repentance from sin. When you truly place your faith in Christ, you realize that there is an enemy. That enemy is anything that offends God. Anything that is sinful and offensive to God will destroy you and I. There is nothing good in that which is evil. You know, when people delight in evil, it leads to destruction and judgment because evil will not be in heaven. Impurity, unrighteousness, unholiness will not be in God's presence. And when you come to Christ, you will dislike and want to leave that type of lifestyle. Will you make mistakes? Absolutely. That's why we have repentance. Repentance is asking God to forgive us for what we've done wrong and turning away from it. And the more you repent, the more you trust in Christ, the more you will mature and become a man or a woman of God. Finally, genuine faith leads to spiritual transformation. Spiritual transformation is simply you and I becoming the person that God created us to be. Spiritual transformation is the result of genuine faith. When you place your faith in Christ and trust him and turn from your sin, over time you will become a spiritually mature person. You will become a man or woman of God. Maturity is when you take joy in other people's success. And that's kind of what spiritual transformation is in a Christian life. When you mature in the faith, you want to see other people growing and doing things and you take delight and joy in their success and you're more comfortable and you kind of feel like it's not all about me i want to see other people grow and flourish and i'll be honest with you it's a freedom to feel that way it takes a burden off to just be you know to just let god use you in that way that's right Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, my prayer is that each, each one of us here, Lord, would live this type of life. God, that we would hunger and thirst for you and not be satisfied until we were walking in relationship with you, growing in that relationship and serving you. Father, I know it's not the mind that keeps us from this, but the heart. And, Lord, I pray that you would move the hearts of your people to love you and love one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.